Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Zone. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. More beautiful weather on the way for a Tuesday. Good morning, everyone. I'm Farm Director Pam Youngke. I'm not only thrilled for the forecast because we can enjoy outdoor activities this week, I'm also thrilled that it's so calm because Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, is on vacation. Weather for today looks beautiful. Sunshine and 79 degrees. Tomorrow, sunshine and 81. Thursday, sunshine and 78. Friday, sunshine and 70. Six degrees. Looks like we're going to stay dry all week long as well. That's good news for folks that are trying to harvest their winter wheat. We'll be talking about what's happening in the marketplace this morning. John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing, joining us live. And we had a great turnout yesterday for the Southern Wisconsin FFA Foundation golf outing. We're visiting this morning with Abby Quinlan, executive director of the FFA Foundation, to find out what's in store for the future. Stand by. Plenty of great stories coming your way. I've got some cheese curds that I'm willing to share. Then I want to ride that giant slide over there. So if you've got 11 days to spare, won't you come with me to the Wisconsin State Fair? Won't you come with me to the Wisconsin? The great state of Wisconsin. State Fair. There's something for everyone. Wisconsin State Fair, presented by U.S. Cellular, August 4th through the 14th. Compere Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compere Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do. And our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. My goodness, I feel like I've taken on a second job with all the jam I've been making. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Strawberry and raspberry jam are what's taking over my freezer, but those aren't the only sought-after fruits in Wisconsin. Jill, there's another berry proudly grown in the state that should be on my list of things to put in a jar. That's right, Stephanie. Those little blueberries are coming out and being getting ready to harvest. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. I had the opportunity to talk to Mr. Chaz, Chad Froz from the Foster Blueberry Farm. We talked about how he got started, the crops, and his different varieties that he has out there. Well, we started 10 years ago. I mean, I was at the time picking a lot of strawberries for Macalum, strawberries and apples. I was picking for Foster Farm strawberries and just had time in the summers and thought, well, why not? I don't want to compete with those strawberry farms. Why not try something different? So we, we looked into it and tried blueberry plants. And our first summer, which was 10 years ago, we planted 1,000 blueberry plants and Learned a lot along the way, getting the soil right, getting it acidic, just how they want it. Took some time. Phase two, we ordered another thousand blueberry plants um, and, and started to see that we could make a go of it. We did truck sales. We sold them out of the back of my truck in Eau Claire. And, and then just four years ago, put our last thousand plants in and, 
And we're lucky enough to open last summer to have people out to the farm to pick their own. So you've kind of expanded in stages. Do you think you're going to get bigger yet, or do you think you're at your top? Well, I never say never, but I think this is where we need to be right now. We want to maximize this yield with, with the 3,000 plants, build our customer base, and, and who knows? I never say never. We might expand, but for right now, it's about all my parents and I and, and my two kids can handle. So you put those plants in, but you didn't just stick them in the ground and leave them be. What kind of maintenance does a blueberry plant take? Yeah, the first thing they need is very acidic soil. So, you know, fertilizing, getting that pH to around four and a half to five and a half is where they, where they need to be. That takes some time. It takes some effort. Um, the biggest thing that I didn't expect when we went into this was, was the bark mulch. Um, how that can keep your weed control down, can keep the moisture in the soil, um, and just the time that we spend putting mulch on those plants. I mean, it's, an, it's almost a year-round job just to do that. What about in the fall and the winter? Do you have to do anything special then? You know, they're pretty hardy. They're, they're very um, resistant to cold. They're, they're zone four. They could grow in Canada. As many people know, Canada's known for their blueberries. So there isn't much to do in the winter. The real work starts in the spring, with the pruning. Um, you're pruning out any winter kill, you're pruning out any low shoots that you don't want people to have to go down to a need to pick, so we prune those first. And then just opening up the center um, of the blueberry plant. So pruning is the, is the first big job of the year. Weather-wise, how hardy are they? Do they need any irrigation or are they pretty, pretty tough? Yeah, they need a lot of water. I mean, we put in irrigation seven years ago, and that was kind of the turning point because now we could push a button and have drip irrigation on every plant um, because especially while they're producing blueberries, they need um, water nearly every day. In Wisconsin, we seem to struggle a little bit sometimes with that rain. In the beginning, you talked a little bit about irrigation now and you put in irrigation. What did you do in the beginning, though? Yeah, in the beginning, it was, it was crazy. We were, we were pulling water out of our pond, watering with tractors and buckets, but that all had to change once they were producing blueberries because, you know, legally, FDA, you can't be, you can't be watering out of a pond when you're, when you're growing uh, fruit that people are going to eat. So that was kind of, it was a lot of work. My kids remember that, like when they tell stories about the blueberry farm, it's usually um, the water fights and the watering of the blueberries we had out there. But yeah, now... Nothing beats rain, but the next best thing is, is that drip irrigation. And you brought up regulations about selling blueberries off the farm. What do you need to know if you decide to open up a farm-to-plate production area? How are you really regulated? Well, in Eau Claire County, they know we have a business. Um, my dad's a crop consultant, so he knows all the legality of, of everything that has to go on there. You know, as far as um, locally, we had to get zoned to have a commercial business on our farm and, and get approved to put the field road in. So that was all. I mean, Clear Creek made it pretty easy for us to get started and um, run a business out of our home or off our land. And so we're up to 3,000 plants. How long will these plants last? Well, that's a great question. The the grower who we purchased these plants from in Grand Junction, Michigan, told me these plants will produce blueberries for 50 years. And at the time, I mean, that sounds like a long time. Well, we have 40 years to go. Um, 
So yeah, if, if they're well-maintained and the pH in the soil is correct, they should produce blueberries for another 40 years. Are there different varieties that are used or is it just one kind that you have out here? So yeah, we have four varieties. Um, it's important for cross-pollination. It's, it's important to stagger the, the picking season. So our early variety, they are patriots. Um, they're ready now. So we're opening Friday and the first blueberries that people will pick on this farm will be patriots. Then our mid-season varieties are blue ray and blue crop. Those should be ready in seven to 10 days. So the following weekend, we'll be going through the Patriots again and then starting those, those middle varieties. And then our final variety, um, they're called Draper. They're large, they're as big as grapes. Some people like them, um, but it takes time. It takes time to grow that size and to grow the sweetness. So that we're probably 10 to 12 days away from picking Draper. And you talked about starting to pick. That means you talked about Friday. So Friday the 22nd, the Foster Blueberry Farm is planning on being open. And as we toured out there, you do have some, mm, to a person like me, wouldn't really understand, but to a blueberry farmer, you have a way to keep those pests away. What is your biggest pest? Yeah, I mean, anytime you grow something in a garden or have a farm, there's a pest. Right now, the biggest pest would be birds. I mean, if, if I'm not out there scaring birds away or leaving our scarecrows or our bird repellers in place, I think they'd eat half of them. Um, they're hard on blueberries. So if you had a garden at home and you could net them, that's one way to keep the birds out. But we have too many blueberry plants to do that. So we use scarecrows, kind of that airman that you'd see at a used car dealership, that's flying in the middle, scaring birds away. Um, just a lot of different movement to, uh, to chase them off so that people have blueberries to pick on Friday. And if I had a couple plants out in the backyard, what are some of those questions that people ask you and get advice from you as a blueberry farmer? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people ask that me that question. I'm happy to help and share what I, what I know or what I've learned along the way. If they have two or three, maybe seven plants in their garden, oftentimes they tell me they're not producing, they're not throwing many blueberries. And, and usually it's the acidity in the soil isn't correct. So the first step is to um, make that pH, get a soil sample, and then the desirable range is four and a half to five and a half. So get that acidity in the soil correct. And then secondly, mulch, you know, bark mulch is important not just for weed control, but to keep that root ball from uh, burning up in the July sun. So mulch underneath and then just a lot of water, um, especially while they're producing blueberries. So Chad, you do have another full-time job, but do you see this Foster Blueberry Farm becoming your, your retirement plan? You know, it is funny you say that because I, I teach elementary school. This will be my 21st year um, teaching in the classroom. And that's what I love about this. In the summer, I can do something completely different. I can weed and farm blueberries. And I do foresee this being kind of my retirement plan. Um, you know, another 10 years of teaching, and I might be ready for, for a change and, and, and do this year-round. So if you're hungry for blueberries and you want to head out to Foster Blueberry Farm, first of all, where are you located and how can we get in touch with you? So, yeah, we're off. Uh, Exit 81, which is Foster, and Foster's kind of become a destination place with the Strawberry Farms and Foster's Fireside Restaurant. So people are starting to know Exit 81. Um, we're a half mile west of Foster. We have signs leading you right to the Blueberry Farm. And the best way to find out current information really is Facebook. 
Um, if you like our Facebook page, Foster Blueberry Farm, you can get up to the minute or updates you know, as we make them. Or you can call me. My cell phone is 715-533-3509, and I can answer your questions. And that was Chad Froz from the Foster Blueberry Farm. If you've got a hankering to go pick some blueberries, check out their Facebook page. I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. While being prepared is on the top of your priority list, add Englewood grass-fed beef as a key solution to your family's food supply. Englewood offers a broad range of options to deliver antibiotic and hormone-free beef from our farm to your table. Visit englewoodgrassfarm.com and click on the order page. Soon, you'll be stocked up on heart-healthy grass-fed beef. Englewood grass-fed beef, farming to promote the health of our animals and our family of customers. Looking for extra cash? Did you witness a crime? Or maybe you have information about ongoing criminal activity in the Madison area. We give cash for clues. Madison Area Crime Stoppers is a nonprofit organization that helps prevent and solve crimes in our community by working with Dane County residents, law enforcement agencies, and media partners. So how does it work? When you share information with Crime Stoppers, a confidential code will be generated to protect your identity. If your tip results in an arrest and filing of criminal charges or the apprehension of a fugitive, you'll receive a cash reward. Keep your tip ID and password so you can check the status of your tip. Once the arrest or apprehension is confirmed, arrangements will be made for you to collect your reward anonymously. Your confidentiality is important to us. Any individual who contacts Crime Stoppers will always remain anonymous. Call 608-266-6014 or go to p3tips.com. Madison Area Crime Stoppers, your safety is always our priority. Sometimes it's nice to let the kids have their own space downstairs. It's also pretty awesome to expand that basement into usable living space or entertainment area. Actuate Improvement will transform your basement into a livable area everyone can enjoy. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company specializing in kitchens, baths, and basements. Let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate, consultation, and suggestions. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. This is the Midwest Farm Report. From field to fork and everything in between is why the kids from Wisconsin stay. It's a great way to start your day. And this weather forecast is making for a great start to your Tuesday. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee, Stumacher Ag Meteorologist, on vacation this week. Sunshine today and 79. Sunshine tomorrow and 81. Sunshine and Thursday, 78. Sunshine on Friday, 76 degrees. Boy, you can only cross your fingers and hope that this weather sticks around next week because that's the beginning of the Wisconsin State Fair. You know, everybody's got a fair story. Stephanie Hoff joins us in just a moment with another unique look at exhibiting at our county and state fairs. And don't forget, this week, ongoing, the Rock County Fair down in Janesville and getting started tomorrow, the Columbia County Fair in Portage. WIFairs.com's got your complete directory. Stephanie Hoff joining us with that fair story in just a moment. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFinn Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. 
It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpillar Milk Receiver Pump, patented by McFenn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. The Wisconsin State Fair is almost here. Follow along with the Midwest Farm Report team as they travel out to West Allis and bring you updates from the fair. Look out for all things agriculture, food, and fun. The Wisconsin State Fair runs from August 4th through the 14th, so be sure to check in and see what's happening. This coverage is brought to you courtesy of Armor Animal Health. Detect, defend, deliver. Check out Armor Animal Health for all your animal products and services. Visit ArmorAnimalHealth.com for more. Back along with you on a Tuesday morning. You know, this mild weather we're enjoying this week, I only wish would hang around for the Wisconsin State Fair. Uh, we're about a week away from the big event at State Fair Park in West Allis. And while a lot of people that attend the Wisconsin State Fair focus in on the food, the entertainment, the rides, here in the Farm Department, we focus in on the exhibitors. And that's exactly what we'll be doing again this year focused in on the agriculture side of the Wisconsin State Fair, where there's always a story to be shared. Stephanie Hoff joins us this morning with one of those fair stories you don't want to miss. At the county fair, you're going to find animals of all types and exhibitors of all ages. Lucas Capazzo is nine years old, going into the fourth grade this fall. This is his third year showing at the county fair. He loves showing dairy calves especially. His home is Fond du Lac County, but his family also shows at the Wisconsin State Fair. He tells me all about his showing experience outside the poultry barn in Fond du Lac, beginning with how many different animals he brought this year. Three. What are they? Pigs chickens and calves. So how many animals is that total? Because you brought a few of each, right? Six. Can you tell me how you picked out your chicken? So like, for like, the double, um, you have to like, find like, the same weighted ones and like, like if they like, look alike. And for the double, what does that mean? Because you show two? Yeah, mm-hmm. like a pair. What do you feed a chicken? Chicks, starter feed, and finisher. Do you have to, like, brush the chicken or clean the chicken at all? Yeah. How do you do that? Um, you, so you get, like, a bucket of water that they'll fit in and put soap in it. And then you grab them, put them in there, um, get them full of soap. Like, let them get wet and get soap on them. And, um, and then take them out and then like turn them upside down and scrub the belly Uh and then after that's clean you um I just let them sit in there for a little bit longer and then I take them out and clean them. What do you have to put in a chicken's cage? Food and water. Shavings. How do you uh show the chicken to your judge? How do you carry it? You put like these two fingers inside and then your pinky and your pointer are outside of the feet. Okay, and that's to keep it steady. Uh How do you stop the chicken from flapping around? I just like, just like put it, like just bring its feathers in. What is the judge looking for? How does your chicken get a blue ribbon? A big breast, no broken wings. It's gotta be clean probably Uh too. 
And now, how do you get a blue ribbon as a show, as a show for showmanship? Knowing facts and carrying it right. How much can a chicken weigh? Our like heaviest one was probably a ten point, a ten pound. Lucas Capazzo of Fond du Lac County along with us, showing off some of those facts that he tells the judges during showmanship. If this is jogging a memory of yours from the fair, we are collecting your fair stories, and you could win a cash prize for submitting your cherished fair memories. Submit your fair story at MidwestFarmReport.com. I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Landscape Envy? That's what you create when you add Kalani Wash decorative stone to your landscape. Choose from our selection of multicolored stones for around trees, shrubs, and under decks. Plus, we offer gravel stone for walkways, driveways, and a base for patio bricks and retaining walls. Visit KalaniTopsoil.com, or you can simply pick it up at our awesome processing plant. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. And good-looking decorative stone. If you suffer from joint pain from arthritis or an injury, you know the traditional treatments, pain meds and steroids, and then surgery, right? Hey, it's Ebo with great news. Now there's a better way, and it's here now from the local medical professionals at QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. This is an advanced, exciting, and natural alternative that can give you lasting relief using your body's own healing power. Listen, steroid shots are toxic to your joints, pain meds are addictive, and nobody wants to go under the knife. It's 2022, and those old ways are out, and the new ways are in. Regenerative medicine can restore and repair joint tissue using the natural biologics. No drugs, no downtime, no surgery. QC Kinetics Regenerative Protocols can address any pain in any joint and give you quality of life you deserve. Call now and schedule a free consultation. 608-319-1750. 608-319-1750. QC Kinetics. 608-319-1750. Wisconsin Farm Bureau helps our organization advocate for agriculture by putting us at the table with the right individuals. I've heard a lot of times that if you're not at the table, you're on the menu when it comes to ag policy. We need people to help us make the right connections, get in front of the right people and policymakers that are affecting decisions that impact agriculture. WFBF.com. You should look them up. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance is a proud sponsor of the Wisconsin State Fair. As a thank you for your support, they're giving away State Fair tickets. Visit RuralMutual.com win and enter to win State Fair tickets. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. You kind of got to look at it from a Ziegler point of view and a customer point of view and get them into the piece of equipment that's going to benefit their operation. Well, we've really come to trust Ziegler, their support staff, their service trucks. We've had them working on our shop and a tractor till 2 in the morning to get it ready for the next day. When they come on your farm, they're going to stay until they get the job done. Ziegler service allows us to be ready to run whenever we need to, rain or shine. For agriculture equipment, ZieglerAg.com. We give you the tools, knowledge, and income so you can take your career however far you want to take it. I'm Wynn Davies. W.E. Davies and Sons Remodeling is now hiring carpenters, lead carpenters, boycott a stale career. We want you to take on a fresh perspective to your path in life. 
We're a local family business offering services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. You can be your next team player to deliver stunning, transformative results. Visit wedaviesremodeling.com. 80% of you have said you don't want to haggle over car prices. That's 80% of you who don't want to jump through hoops or play games. So Bergstrom Automotive got rid of it, all of it, the haggling, the cat and the mouse routine, even the salespeople. Bergstrom Automotive simply has non-commissioned advisors. They're not trying to win a contest or make quotas. They're paid to do nothing more than help you. Bergstrom knows they offer the most desired makes and models out there. Allow them to assist you in selecting the right one for you. Plus, guaranteed credit approval on a vehicle you choose to call your own. While the other places wheel and deal, today's buying experience? The better way is at Bergstrom Automotive. Visit a Bergstrom location near you or bergstromauto.com. Join the Bergstrom Auto Family. New kitchen? New bath? You can increase the value of your home without draining your savings account. AF Construction has easy finance options. For a limited time, 12 months, same as cash loans are available with approved credit. See the website for details. AF Construction, your local hands-on remodeling contractor, offering line item estimates and eye-popping results. For your free consultation, visit afconstructionllc.com. Get ready for a remarkable new look. The Brewers... Kind of lucky over some instant replay. You also uh, found out that you had, what, MLB extra, was the extra innings package? Yeah, I don't know if it's just like some trial run over the All-Star break, you know, because you had that full week or what. But randomly, while I was on vacation and was surfing the channels, found MLB extra innings package where you get like almost every single team's broadcast. Except? Except you can't watch the Brewers because you're still out of market so it's blacked out. Stupidest thing ever. But during this you saw some also some oh, yeah, I was intriguing around instant replay. Watching a ton of different baseball games. Maybe a full game here. Three innings there. Sure. Instant replay just needs to go. That's terrible. They, it can't, just, they can't get the call right ever. The only thing I want instant replay for in Major League Baseball is home runs, whether it's fair or foul, whether it's over the fence or if it hit below the fence. That's it. No more instant replay. I, I don't need to see it. I don't want robo-ups because, like I said, they can be hacked. Yeah. I'm sure they'll, there'll be a malfunctioning system at some point. We'll strangle somebody. I like the fact that the managers get out there. They get animated. They get in the umpire's face. The umpire gets animated. He's telling you to go take a hike. But the instant replay, it serves zero purpose. They literally can't get the call right ever. Friday night when the Brewers threw it down to third base and Luis Arias was, well, sorry, Willie Adamas threw it from shortstop to third base and it was an awful throw and Luis Arias was falling back and had to reach the tag out and he kind of just put it towards the Rockies uh, base runner's chest and the ba- uh, Rockies base runner basically just extended his arms and like kind of like sucked his chest in mm-hmm. so he wasn't tagged. He was clearly on the base before he was even tagged. Ump gets it out. Okay, maybe the ump had a bad angle. I get it. But you go to replay because it was challenged. Yeah. You clearly see on replay that the Rockies guy is on third base before he's tagged. They stick with the out. Okay, it helps the, the Brewers. We'll take it. Brewers might not have won if that was called safe. I'll take it though. And take but it. I'm watching the I'm watching the Texas Ranger Oakland Athletic game yesterday afternoon. 
Marcus Simeon's on second base. Two outs. Paul Blackburn goes to pick him off. The ball beats him to the base. There's yeah. no doubt about it. It was a good move. He was leaning going towards third. It beat him to the base. But the clown at second base didn't <laughs> tag him. He didn't tag him. Didn't tag him. He didn't tag him. Didn't tag him. He literally caught the baseball. It beat Simeon to the base. He didn't take him. He just left the glove right in front of the base. Simeon goes around it. He's clearly safe. And then while he's kind of sliding and his body's angling, then the guy puts the tag on his hip. Like two seconds after Simeon is a back on second base, they go to replay because it's, it's called out. And now from the umpire's point of view on that one, from where he was at and how the play, I could see how he wouldn't have seen Simeon already on the base from that angle that he was in. Yeah. But you went to replay because you called him out. He's clearly safe. They go and they come back from re- replay and they're like, well, after review, the call stands. How? <laughs> how? I never so what was it they implemented in what was it 2014 as they implemented instant replay? Now remember when they first implemented instant replay? And like, the, I wonder if I'm going blind. If I I am just I the got, one taking crazy people, pills? I just went to spring and got my eyes rechecked. He's they're clearly safer out. Yes, and you have multiple camera angles, and then they go to New York for people to look at it too. So Rowdy, I'm pretty sure when they first debuted. Instant replay. The Milwaukee Brewers were the subject of just complete jackassery from New York in, in Major 2018. When the Brewers made their run to the NLCS, that was the year where they won 20% of their challenges. 20%. And they what were was the league de- average? They were dead last. The league average was like 48 and change, which makes sense that it would be about 50 50, right? Yeah. They're 50 Because you have so many cameras, you don't get all the angles. Bang, bang calls. Umpire gets those closest calls, right? Maybe half the time. I get it. That makes sense. You win about 50% of your challenges. That was like the league average. The Brewers were dead last at 20%. And they were egregious. It was like. I remember watching that season, like ripping my hair out. They would be. They would say the, the say the Brewers beat one into the ground between second and or between shortstop and third base, and it was a tough throw. And clearly, the guy beats it and he's safe. They go. They call him out. They go and review it. He's there. It's like the ball's still like three <laughs> feet from the glove, and they still call him out. Yeah, and you're like, how? What? What? What have the Brewers done to deserve this? Yeah, or the reverse. It was like the Brewers player made a nice play and threw the guy out by half a step. Gets replayed. Somehow, the guy's safe. If Mary had a little lamb, you can bet she'd talk to her about it. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us this morning. Our crop ratings report came out yesterday, and at least in Wisconsin, nothing to uh, cause concern. We'll find out if that's the case across most of the upper Midwest. John's joining us live in about 15 minutes. I'm Pam Youngke. So glad you're along with us. So glad that so many people joined us yesterday for the Southern Wisconsin FFA Foundation golf outing. Had somewhere in the neighborhood of 84, 85 golfers that were along with us raising funds for the FFA Foundation. Stephanie Hoff got a chance to catch up with Abby Quinlan, the executive director of the FFA Foundation. That conversation's coming up. Weather-wise, like I said, beautiful day today. Sunshine in 79. Sunshine tomorrow in 81. Sunshine Thursday in 78. Sunshine Friday, 76 degrees. So today is the 26th day of July. On this day back in 1990, the Americans with Disabilities Act came into law. It is a law that bans discrimination based on disability. 
ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, becomes law on this day back in 1990. A couple important birthdays this morning. Happy birthday to actress Sandra Bullock. She is 58. And look at that. Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones celebrating his 79th birthday today. And yes, he is still out on tour. And now you know. Well, we're really happy that so many people showed up yesterday for the Southern Wisconsin FFA Foundation golf outing, raising monies, obviously, that will go in support of the blue and gold across the state of Wisconsin. Stephanie Hoff caught up with Abby Quinlan, the new executive director of the FFA Foundation, for an update. Stephanie Hoff here for the Midwest Farm Report with Abby Quinlan, the Wisconsin FFA Foundation Executive Director. Abby, we're about halfway through the summer and nearly halfway through your first year. Tell me, how has it been going so far? It's been great. So I just finished, I think it's month four now. So I got to see a lot of students at convention, meet new and old uh, friends and family of the FFA, get to talk with the alumni and all of the Ag Advisors. It's been amazing. What's on your agenda, uh, end of summer into the early fall? 40th anniversary is coming up. You know, we have that million dollar goal to reach this next year. So we really, really want to help get that marketing pushed out and get that fundraising kicked off to a great start. Not only supporting new members in FFA, new leaders up and coming, but also remembering those who have left us in the past year. One leader in the FFA scene and egg education, Mark Zimmerman. I understand the FFA does have efforts to remember him, honor him, also supporting those students. Yes, we do have a memorial fund getting set up for Mark. Um, we're doing our 50-50 raffle today with our golf outing for Mark to benefit that fund. And we'll be working with his family very closely to kind of direct that into where they see is going to be most beneficial and honor his memory in the best way possible. But I'm hoping in the next few months we really get everything set up and then we can start pushing that out. Who was that going to benefit? How many students? Do you have details yet on the impact it will have? Not yet, but we will definitely be very transparent about sharing those details. He has such a legacy that he is leaving behind that he's someone we definitely want to keep pushing out there and having those students who want to go into agricultural education really have that inspiration from what Mark has done for our community. He's been in the industry for a long time. His family uh, very ingrained in the FFA community. Any stories or any uh, examples of the legacy he's going to leave for our future generation? You know, I actually haven't shared this one. The first time I met Mark, I was, I think, a junior in high school. My FFA had jumped on the Spencer FFA's bus, and I was a national delegate, so I got to spend time with him and Mrs. Zimmerman and really just see how they did things in Spencer FFA. And it was just an amazing time. The amount of effort that he puts into every experience for a student was just above and beyond what I had experienced. And I just truly enjoyed just that week with his team. Again, looking ahead into the school year and all the events the officer, the state officer team has coming up, what are you looking most forward to? Honestly, today I've spent a lot of time with the state officers and they are a phenomenal group of students. You just listen to their stories and their experiences and that is what I'm looking forward to the most. Just hearing more FFA stories, being that person to push them out and get others in the state excited and understanding what FFA is all about. It's going to be amazing. I love my job. Abby Quinlan is the executive director for the Wisconsin FFA Foundation. She's the one to get a hold of if you're looking for more ways to engage with the Wisconsin FFA Foundation. And she says stay tuned for how you can get involved with the Mark Zimmerman Memorial Fund. The 50-50 raffle for that scholarship fund totaled $680. From the Wisconsin FFA Foundation Golf Outing in Middleton, I'm Stephanie Hoff.
BioVet microbial and nutritional supplements are formulated by their own staff veterinarian. Their focus on technology, research, and innovation ensures that your livestock receive live microbials and the absolute best nutritional ingredients to support all stages of health, growth, production, and reproduction. When you think healthy livestock, think BioVet and let them help you grow your profits. Call today, 1-800-BIOVET1 or find them online at bio-vet.com. Wisconsin Farm Bureau helps our organization advocate for agriculture by putting us at the table with the right individuals. I've heard a lot of times that if you're not at the table, you're on the menu when it comes to ag policy. We need people to help us make the right connections, get in front of the right people and policymakers that are affecting decisions that impact agriculture. WFBF.com. You should look them up. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance is a proud sponsor of the Wisconsin State Fair. As a thank you for your support, they're giving away State Fair tickets. Visit RuralMutual.com slash win and enter to win State Fair tickets. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Well, this mild weather across the state of Wisconsin is just in time for our corn to start silking. According to the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service, as of Sunday, 33% of our corn crop was silking. Now, that's six days behind last year and three days behind our five-year average, but it does make farmers feel more confident in the crop that they've got. 79% of our corn crop rated good to excellent statewide. That's up two percentage points from last week. 65% of our soybeans are now blooming. Yes, it is about a week behind last year, but it's right even with our five-year average. 26% of our soybeans were setting pods, and 79% of our soybeans are rated good to excellent. That's up three percentage points in a week. Our oats, 95% of that is headed out, and it looks like we've got about 26% of our winter wheat already harvested. That's a little bit behind last year, but the quality of the winter wheat, 85% good to excellent across the state. Second cutting of alfalfa, about 90% complete. Some folks probably already looking at third cut. And the potato harvest is 5% complete as of Sunday. We'll talk more about the markets in just a moment with John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. We're robust so far this morning in Chicago. December corn's up 14 cents at 597. November soybeans currently up 19 cents at 1365. September wheat is up 16 cents at 786 a bushel. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained a penny and three quarters at 193 and three quarters. 40 pound black cheese up four and a half at 195 and a half. Double A butter up two and a quarter at 293 a pound. The August class three milk closed 47 cents stronger yesterday, 2070 a hundredweight. September milk was up 66 cents at 20. 55 100 weight. What's going on in the marketplace? What are traders talking about? We'll find out. John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us live in a moment. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. At Rebath, they believe everyone should have a bathroom they love. That's why they do it all. From fresh tub and shower updates to smart, safe aging and accessibility solutions, plus complete bathroom remodels. Rebath's process includes design guidance, 
quality products and professional installation. Best of all, they'll be in and out in just a few days. And you'll have a brand new bathroom that you'll love for years to come. Visit their showroom on Stoughton Road or Rebath.com for a no-pressure consultation. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Cleary Building Corp. They protect what you value. Visit ClearyBuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. And Wisconsin Farm Bureau, the state's largest general agriculture organization for over 100 years. Join now at WFBF.com. Keep up with Pam at FabulousFarmBabe.net on Facebook and Twitter. What have we here? Crackers. At least I think they are. They're in a cellophane wrapper. There are two of them. Crackers always travel in pairs. They snap like crackers. Crumble like them, too. Nine out of ten cracker eaters would give them a positive ID. But these aren't crackers. They're dinner. Jim Krevix for five days straight. There are people like Jim all across Madison. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply people like Jim over $950,000 in food through Dane County's busiest food pantry. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in clothing, shelter, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. As promised on a Tuesday morning, we're being joined by John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, and plenty to talk about this morning, John. Let's start off right away with the Crop Progress Report. Things looked uh, improved across the state of Wisconsin, and I've got to believe uh, that's probably the case along around a lot of the upper Midwest, although some areas really did get hit by some severe weather. What did you see? Well, the national ratings actually saw some decline on the crop progress. Uh, we saw corn come down a couple percentage points to 61% good to excellent, as well as the soybean uh, came down to 59% good to excellent. And the market was expected to hold in there pretty well week over week, especially given some of the rainfall. But we're starting to see some impacts of possibly those the drier conditions that we saw on the western side of the corn belt, as well as just some areas that just are still struggling, especially in that soybean market. So that's given us a little bit of a pop on the market here again this morning after a pretty good day yesterday we'll see if we can continue to get some follow-through you know you know, again, Wisconsin uh, looking pretty good. That corn rating actually did uh, uh, you know, moved up a little bit or, uh, from last week. So things are still looking really good here in the state. I think we got ourselves a really good potential crop pretty much across the state. I know there's some areas that from talking to customers, they could use a little bit more in rain. And then there's always somebody that does. Uh, but at least at this point, again, there's still a lot of good potential out there. But maybe a little bit of a question if the weather doesn't hold together as we move into the next handful of weeks. Let's talk about wheat. We've got about 26% of our winter wheat harvested in Wisconsin. A lot of people uh, that, I guess, got caught off guard with the agreement between Ukraine and Russia to allow grain to move and then a bombing on that port. What's going on with our wheat situation this morning? 
you know, that market has been so beat up. Uh, basically, it was the inflation play, then it was the war coming into play, and we blew those prices uh, to those multi-year highs here back in the spring, and we've taken, five, you know, basically $5 off that market to the lows. That Ukraine agreement was something that was been out there in the news, and it's been something that's really been pressure in those two markets, wheat and with corn as well, and almost the to the point where they got the agreement somewhat put together, at least last week, it was kind of like, good, we can finally get this headline out of the news because this market trades so much on headlines that every time that would pop up, the sellers would seem to dive into the market on the speculator side. So we did get an agreement put together that was supposedly going to hopefully get some bushels moving out of that region for the world food situation. Obviously, no more than get letting that ink dry. We had an attack on the Odessa port, uh, which obviously brings all this skepticism. What's going to really happen? To me, it's, you know, it's a paper agreement. It's there but to get some actual results out of it it's still going to take some time and maybe the market's starting to realize that with the action of yesterday's prices as well as the follow-through here today you know all in all even with that agreement in place you know we're going to still have a hard time getting any supplies out of that region that's going to be of consequence on the global scale plus obviously the logistics issues what has happened in terms of the infrastructure there because of the war it's going to just still be one of those things that we needed to kind of get maybe signed and put past the market so we can focus Focus on truly the fundamentals that these grain supplies globally are tight and there's still a lot of need. Are you hearing anything on the quality of the crop that we're harvesting now? You know, so far, things have been pretty good. And the U.S. has always been very strong in the quality side of it. The winter wheat crop, I guess, based on the area you're in, is solid, has been very solid for in terms of its quality. Obviously, some of the conditions that were in the drier side, things were lacking some of the overall protein and things of that nature we need. But at least still at this time frame, things are still looking very, very good. And the U.S. product is, uh, you know, there for the rest of the world. Our biggest issue that we're de dealing with here is outside the markets, which is the stronger U.S. dollar, competition against foreign supplies. You know, that's still a major factor in the corn market is this large South American or this Brazilian corn crop that comes in that they just kind of dump on the market because, again, for them, corn is kind of like the icing on the cake, and the cake is really the soybean crop. So they don't hold on to that corn very well, and, and they get it moving, and that just really puts a lot of pressure on prices, and that's some of the reason we've seen also that weakness in the the corn market over the last handful of weeks. Huh. Let's uh, pivot for just a moment. John, last week we got another cattle inventory report out from USDA, and they say our cattle inventory is down another 2%. Uh, I've got to believe that that's something the market's going to be watching. Yeah, it still keeps me very friendly, the cattle market going forward in the longer term here. We're not seeing anything in terms of expansion whatsoever, which is understandable, especially given the outside influences of the weather and the crop prices and input prices that come into play. You know, all cattle and calves is down 2% from last year, 98% of last year. Again, that's a trend that we've seen now for about five, six you know, reports here. Biggest one, we kind of I keep watching. What's going on with the beef cows? We're down to 97.6% of last year again. So that continues to decline. And then you go look at the replacement heifers. That's 96.5% of last year. So, again, still trending lower. You Overall calf crop, in terms of the beef side, uh, in 2022, was down to 34.6 million head, down 1.4%. That trend has basically been a downslide since 2017. We'll obviously continue into 2023. So the calf cattle numbers are tightening up here. Demand continues to stay pretty good. So it's going to keep that market supported. Now, if 
if we can get past some of the inflation fears and things of that nature, I think you could see some real movement in the beef market and in going into 23. So again, these tighter numbers are definitely going to be a factor going forward. Well, you know, and we cannot deny, uh, like you said, it's a trend we've been watching. And as long as this drought situation continues to accelerate in certain portions of the United States, you got to believe those slaughter numbers are going to continue. Very much so, you know, right now. And that's one of the reasons we had cattle, cattle on feed report also on Friday. And we still continue to see placements stay fairly high. It's because those heifers are not going into the replacement crop. They are going into the feed lots because the feed is just not there. The pasture conditions aren't there, especially in the southern regions. You know, again, continue to see stories of guys look, having to liquidate because they just don't have the feed. You know, some of those cattle are obviously moving to different locations. Some of them are just moving out of the operations in total. But again, it's still a trend right now that's going to really keep those cattle numbers tight which should be favorable for that beef market longer term so as long as the consumer demand stays there and the international demand continues to stay there you know that's the other thing that i'm kind of keeping an eye on i saw a story out of ukraine how they are already talking about how are they going to rebuild their dairy industry they need cows and i thought to myself we don't have them to spare here in the united states exactly you know those are those little unhidden consequences of things that people don't realize is just what the time frame takes to bring the supplies in that you need to rebuild an industry you know obviously it takes a couple of years to get a heifer all the way up to cow with cow stage you know just to get those numbers back not even counting on the physical infrastructure they need to rebuild you know this this war in the ukraine is going to have lingering effects here for a handful of years even when it does and if you know, if it ever finally ends, you know, it's just going to still take time for that country to get back online and its agricultural production to become a player again in the world market. Yeah. And uh, it was a major player before all this unraveled. Talk to us again, John, about how we can get in touch with you. Like you said, the markets are spiking a little bit today, but boy, the volatility cannot be ignored. Sure. Love to chat with guys anytime. Feel free to give me a call, 800-334-9779. Shoot me an email, johnh at totalfarmmarketing.com. And again, don't forget our website, totalfarmmarketing.com. A lot of great information for producers out there. Outstanding, my friend. We will catch up with you next week, all right? Sounds good. Have a great week. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us live this morning with the latest update on what's happening in our markets. Like he said, as we get started for a Tuesday, we are robust uh, corn, soybeans, wheat, and even our fluid milk contract. So you can kind of keep an eye on that. But boy, uh, with so many unknowns, including a potential port strike all up and down the West Coast that could... uh, turn our supply chain once again into a nightmare. Uh, These markets are very volatile and ready to react in a moment's notice. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, TotalFarmMarketing.com, or as he said, send him an email, johnh at TotalFarmMarketing.com. Tomorrow, we're going to be catching up with our friends from the Wisconsin Beef Council. They are focused in on what's happening in the classroom and how they can reach young future purchasers. Stick around.